Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Want to witness the world's biggest football game? Head to iCanWin.com.au, predict Australia's score with a crystal ball, and it could be you and a friend at the FIFA World Cup Qatar 2022 semifinals, all thanks to McDonald's. Maccas, together and loving it. TNCs apply. Welcome to Sports Day with Badge and Sats. Two footy legends covering all things sport. Kia, the Kia Sorento, drive car of the year. Yes, a very big welcome to Sports Day. Scotty Sattler, Gary Belcher here with you and plenty to get through tonight. Of course, uh, Olympics continue, Sats, and there's been lots again today, including a gold medal that we... Uh, we well, we saw that coming last night, didn't we? They still had to finish, but didn't they? Uh, yes. The two sailors, uh, Matty Belcher and and um, and also... Will Ryan. Will Ryan. Um, but yeah, it's great news. We knew it was coming anyway. That's what. That's our fourteenth, fourteenth goal, fifteenth gold overall, uh, and only one that's not on water. Logan Martin, the BMX, the BMX rider. So, what are you saying? The Aussies walk on water? Mm, maybe that's a good way to Kinda look at do. it. But yeah, I, I tell you what, Badge and listeners, um, I'll bring Brixie. I'll bring you into this as well because you and I are speaking about this uh, off air. There's one sport that I'm glad not to compete in, and it was today. And Australia had some success. We got a bronze medal. In the uh, in the ten k marathon swim. Now, is there one event that you would just not like to compete in at the Olympics? Zero four double seven seven three six seven three six. For me, one was table tennis because I'm that, that uncoordinated. I'm so You're bad at of, table tennis. Scared of ping pong balls, aren't you? Yeah. <laughs> is it one time <laughs> in Thailand? One bad in Thailand. Oh no, <laughs> don't go there. But um, the other one is the ten k marathon swim. And Brixie, you were saying there's an event that you'd you think would just be really annoying to be involved in. The steeplechase. The you only get one like run lap on dry. Then once you jump over that water or you jump in the water, you're running with wet shoes. Nothing worse than wearing Nothing wet worse. shoes. Well, if you're good enough, you just jump over it all the time. Uh, by the end, they're running into it, basically. They are. They are. As you said, surely Nike's got a shoe for that. <laughs> or Adidas. Um, yeah, what would I would? Oh, I wouldn't like those high diving things because I... <laughs> I'm afraid of heights. I wasn't until I was 15. I was 14. I used to go to the local pools and we'd get off the, the high tower and we'd get off the springboard and do backflips and dives. I went back when I was 15. And I got up there and I had to crawl back down. So my mates, what are you doing? I went, I, I can't do it this year. The 10 I'm metre gone. high board. I've lost that. my nerve. Oh, I realised that. That, that I was breakable. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so uh, what, what would you not want to do at the Olympics? Zero four. Double seven seven three six seven three six. Uh, the men's team pursuit, bronze medal race. Uh, we're up against New Zealand. That's on uh, oh, in about an hour, right? Yes, it? at the velodrome. Yep. Some big stuff tonight, and Peter. I'm nothing more that I'm looking forward to, to tonight than uh, Peter Bowl in the eight hundred meter final. Super on Bowl. The, on the track. Super Bowl. Yeah, mm. yeah, I like that. Uh, that's at ten o'clock. That's a great story. Ten o'clock tonight. We'll talk about him um, a little bit later on, but it's a great story, Peter Bowl, the, the boy from Sudan. Mm. Mm. 
Uh, we're going to have a chat to Suncorp Stadium, boss Alan Graham, about, uh, well, the difficulties of, of hosting multiple matches each round and, uh, and where the NRL grand final should be played, a few other things. They've, uh, they've come to the rescue a few times. Um, at Suncorp Stadium up in Brisbane. And, uh, but Melbourne, topic, Melbourne have really stuck their hand up now, haven't they? they yeah, yeah. That's our hot topic. Um, Melbourne wants the NRL grand final. Um, can can I ask, what if Melbourne didn't make it? No, they're what? not a lady I was there. Well, what if it ended no. up being a, a South first Penrith grand final? Oh, you mean the, if the Storm don't if make it? If the Storm it? Yeah, didn't make it. Well, they, they, they don't care. Matt Tripp from the – they're talking about like a, a pri- private – Privately buying it, like they do in the um, Super Bowl. In the mm. Super Bowl, mm. so uh, we'll discuss that in our hot topic as well. And and anything you want to join in on, you can. As we said, uh, our text number zero four double seven seven three six seven three six. Let's get into it. Sports day, sports update. Hey, first up, Sats. Uh, Danny Widely, you've just uh, alerted to us to uh, is reporting that. The New South Wales Rugby League has slapped Apicorosau with a $15,000 fine for breaching biosecurity protocols in Origin Camp. Yeah, exactly. Um, that's on top of what the NRLs, they, they had a 35k yeah. fine, two-week ban as well. So just to the listeners out there thinking, hang on a sec, how can they hit him with two? Well, the NRL is the governing body. New South Wales Rugby League is the team that oversees the New South Wales Origin team. So mm. he's been hit with $50,000 worth of fines and two-week ban and and the New South Wales Rugby League Chief Executive, Dave Trodden, he's made it clear that his future selection for the Blues is in serious doubt. And I, I, I tend to think that I, I, yeah, this time next year when, when Origin comes around, just say Damien Cook is injured and Appy Coruscant would be the next in line, you would think. Will people forgive and forget? And I, I think around Origin time, you, you tend to just leave well, the past in the past badge. So it's going to be interesting well, to see what happens. It, if they lose game one, I reckon they'd forgive him and they needed him. Like I look at Joy Arrow on the on the flip side I, of that, exactly I, you the know same. What? I, I, th- I think it's dead set put a cross through those guys' names for next year for a start. Just just do it. They just they did the wrong thing. In you know, lots of people have done the wrong thing in, in footy camps and whatever, but this was this was very, very serious. It could have been very, very serious what they did, uh, with the competition hanging in the balance. So I, I would expect that's what's going to happen. I'd be disappointed if either of those players were recalled next year. Mm. Um, and and, and the, the state of the team, uh, the predicament they're in, the injury concerns should not come into play in that. They should not even be considered. Um, I've tried to sure look at it from another angle. Get, I've, tried, I've, tried, I've tried to look at it from an angle of, you know what, in 12 months' time, yeah, and we're all back playing and fans are back in the in the stadiums and hopefully in a perfect world we're all on the other side of COVID that everyone will just think, you know, play on. But you are right. There was so much at stake. And I've tried to look at it from a you know, from a devil's advocate point of view, but there is so much at stake in relation to the game being shut down itself, origin itself affecting origin the game and but also the, the people that are involved that actually that have you know, the casual workers they work on events and and go to NRL games and work at the at the NRL matches at the moment um, for whatever capacity. You know, it, there, there's so many people that could lose their, you know, whatever hours they've got in their professional lives, which is so much at stake. So I'm tending to to lean towards uh, the same view that you have, Badge. Mm. Now, so that's the uh, Rugby League World Cup, uh, which was was uh, the Australians and New Zealanders pulled out of about a week ago. 
Uh, it's now expected to be officially postponed, and that's uh, we think that's going to happen pretty soon. First up, let's just have a listen to um, David Riccio. There are reports emanating out of the UK that the World Cup has been and will be postponed um, by a year. So push back by 12 months until 2022. That will allow the UK um, to, to hopefully uh, also have Australia and New Zealand involved. Now, the NRL were certainly keen on this option being taken up and the NRL have also... Um, made the point to World Cup organisers that if you do push it back 12 months, well, we will absolutely attempt holeless bowlers to be part of it. And I, I expect that decision to be announced within the next 24, 48 hours. As I said, reports are starting to emanate out already of the, of the UK that the World Cup will be postponed by 12 months. What do you think, Badge? Common sense prevailed? Or should have they just gone ahead and said Australia and New Zealand, bad luck? No. No, as as Dave Riccio there from the um, uh, from the Daily Telegraph, um, he as he's pointed out, you know that they will do everything they can to play next year. I think this would have been presented to them in the first place, but they were very stubborn about wanting to play this game. Now they're on the other side of the world, the English, you know, the English Rugby League or the International Rugby League, or whoever was over there wanting to run it, just. Seeing it from a different perspective than us, it's uh, COVID's running rampant over there. There's mm. big dramas. To to even consider it, oh, I thought it was just um, it was crazy. So it finally got to the stage, I believe, that Australia and New Zealand said we just have to pull out, and then and, and we can't tell them to cancel it, but we'll just pull out, and they can do what they like, knowing full well that was the very very uh, likely scenario to come out of it that they'd have to cancel now. Postponing it is a better option, isn't it? Twenty-four, sorry, for for twelve months, um, and th- there's a big sponsorship there, or or the Brit- from the British government, or they're bankrolling it uh, to some extent. That is important to them, I think, that they that they get that. But you'd imagine that will will still be the case. So I think they've completely done the right thing here. I think Australia and New Zealand would have felt as though that was always going to happen if the the two strongest nations. Um, did pull out of the tournament this time next year. Also, I've got to remember, or towards the end of the year, I should say, the the football soccer World Cups on as well. So, from a UK point of view, um, figure pretty nah. heavily in that. No, they they love their league more than that. Watch, <laughs> they won't watch that soccer over there in England. Um, hey, this they're having a meeting tomorrow morning our yes. time. So it hasn't been. We're not completely sure, but that seems to be the way it's going to go. Whenever uh, yeah, forecasting a, a figures and trying to manage budgets. Uh, when the World Cup is also, which obviously you would think that a, a fair grant will go into the to the teams representing in the Soccer World Cup as well. So you know, mm. managing those resources is going to be difficult for them. So it's going to be interesting what comes out of that meeting our time tomorrow morning. Yep, absolutely. Uh, what else is going on? Oh, Mo Zimbai is uh, poised to join the Dragons uh, next season as a as a number six, as yeah. a 5'8". You know what, I'm a big fan of Moses Zumbai. There'd be some West Tigers fans, and a lot of the West Tigers fans text us uh, each and every night. I'm a big fan of Moses Zumbai. Uh, not sure what position he plays and what position he is best at. But what I do know that he, the number 14 jersey is becoming really important in the, in the modern game with the new yeah. rules. And I feel as though that when given the opportunity, everyone takes, um, takes hold of a starting jersey and tries not to let go of it. That's the um, that's the intended option for most players, but 
I tend to think that when he plays the number 14 jersey, he's embraced it moving forward. Now, he's on upwards of around 850000 from reports at the West Tigers. Going to the Dragons next year, it looks like, um, and the West Tigers will have to chip in for that final year of his contract in 2022. The Dragons, from all reports, see him as the replacement for Corey Norman, number six. Uh, now, young mm. um, the young Jaden Sullivan is there at the moment. He'll have something to say about that. Um, but the number 14 jersey is really important now, and I feel as though that Moses is at that point of his career where he embraces the 14 and plays. You end up playing as much time as a starting player anyway and have, can have a bigger influence on the game as well. So I actually don't think it's a bad signing for the Dragons moving forward. They've made some really good signings for next year, and I think mm. um, I think he's another good one. I'm with you. I'm with you on that one. Hey, uh, we talked about this yesterday, kind of not being sure about where the games are going to be played. Not that it matters this week um, because no one can go. It only matters that they can set the TV cameras up there. But um, the ven- there have been venue changes for round 21 and there's only two grounds that are going to be used, Sats, uh, Suncorp Stadium and Seabus. Uh, Do you want to run through where the, where the games will be this week? Yeah, so kicking off tomorrow night, the Knights are playing the Broncos. Really important for the Knights. Uh, they've got a good run home for the finals. They're playing at Suncorp. Um, and that's the only game t- tomorrow night. Obviously, that's um, as regular as most weeks. Now, Friday night, Seabus is taking a lot of the load. Uh, Raiders versus Dragons and Eels versus Rabbits at Seabus, doubleheader. Mm-hmm. Warriors versus Sharks at Seabus on Saturday afternoon. And the then, first game, yeah. Yeah, then the doubleheader Saturday night, which is Roosters versus Panthers. couple of great games. Roosters versus Panthers, mortal enemies. Another two teams who dislike each other, Seagulls versus Storm. At oh, Suncorp on Saturday huge night. games, yeah. And then to round out the weekend on Sunday, Bulldogs versus Tigers and Titans versus Cowboys at Seabus Super Stadium. So, yeah, Seabus taking a lot of the load. And um, we're going to talk to Alan Graham about the, the workload that Suncorp has had over the last couple of weeks and what it's going to look like moving forward. What about those clashes of those sides that have played grand finals before? The Roosters and Panthers, the, the Seagulls and Storm and some of the great grand finals. Mm. The Eels and, Eels and Rabbits? That's a great game. Oh, I like the, the Eels, Eels and Rabbits game. Oh, I think the Rabbits, the Rabbits the are Eels just, and Rabbits play a grand final? They have not played a grand final. I think oh, they yeah. are priming themselves beautifully, the Rabbitohs. Mm. Towards yeah, the back I'm, end of the season. I keep saying the same about Manly. You know, looking at those sides outside of the yeah. uh, at that top top kind of cluster. Uh, now, Panthers and Roosters, we know a lot hinges on players coming back. You know, Mitchell Moses for the Eels and uh, Nathan Cleary for the Panthers. Um, uh, some of those key players, Mitch Pierce coming back for the Knights, and mm. they need their, their best players back. Well, James Luai is optimistic that Nathan Cleary, his halves partner, will be right for that game on Saturday. Now, that's, that's great news for the Roosters. I think it's great news as well for James Luai. I'm not sure how comfortable he is in that playmaker role no, where he's not. game manager steering the team around. It's just not him. And I don't know who they've got there that could, could do that any better. Maybe it, maybe it would be Tyrone May. or, uh, But it's, I don't think he and Matt, Matt, uh, um, Matt Burton in the halves is, has, solves that problem. It's going to be a difficult game. I, I love what the Roosters and, and Trent Robinson are doing at the moment with, what is it, up to 17 players that are, that are actually not available for... Week well, to week no, no, have, have missed, have missed yeah, five weeks, five or, weeks more. or more. Um, but I, with the Roosters this week, which will be a physical battle, uh, I would, if they're going to bring Nathan Cleary back, I'd start him on the bench. I would only, I would only use him for a short portion of the game just to get him back on the field and just see how he feels defensively and see how he feels taking the ball into the line, whether he's a little bit apprehensive or not. I wouldn't start him. 
Uh, mm, and then the right. week after, they've got the Dragons. And the week after, they've got the Rabbitohs. So I think the Rabbitohs is the really big game for Penrith. So mm. I wouldn't use him for a full game so this you, week. So you think easing back this week? I'd ease him back this week sure. with 20 or 30 minutes, and okay. then I'd throw him in against the Dragons. And that's only if medically they feel as though that his shoulder is up to it. Now, his shoulder injury is one of those ones, badge and listeners, that you're not quite sure. You can needle it through the rest of the season. You can rehab it through the rest of the season. Uh, you can strap it and put uh, what they, one of those Kepnich braces to a point where the shoulder doesn't go past a certain point. Um, but outside of that, it's really just scratch and sniff. Let's just mm. see how it goes. He could land on it the very first time he takes the line on or he has heavy contact and he is going to have traffic coming at him. We know that. And Or he could get through the rest of the season and manage it really, really well. So, uh, But the way he plays the game, he's really physical with his defence. Nathan, he's one of the, the few halfbacks, like a little bit like Joey Johns, used to tackle like a back rower. And he's going to have a lot of traffic coming at him. So, sure is. You know, they've looked after Always their tough. players really well in the past, Panthers, so they'll make the right decision. Yep, yep. Uh, a little bit of other news around. X-Raider Kai O'Donnell has joined the Sharks immediately. Uh, he He's on a trial and train contract. He he was in the Raiders squad. He missed the cutoff for the Queensland hub. Uh, so then he joined the Mackay Cutters, but now the um, yeah the Sharks have picked him up for the rest of the uh, rest of the year to help get them through. Is that um, Luke O'Donnell's brother? Brother, yeah, right, okay. Look a little okay. bit the same too. Built the same. Yeah, yeah. yeah. If he's as talented as Luke, he's going all right. And what about the poor old Wallabies? They have to play consecutive Bledisloe Test at Eden Park starting this Saturday. Where we are horrible at. Where we haven't. One, they've lost twenty straight. I think the last since time, 1986. I don't know whether I got the right game or not. Listeners might be able to tell me. Our rugby fans, the last time we beat them in Eden Park was it when John Eels kicked a goal after full time to win a Bledisloe? Oh, nineteen eighty six. No, he he wasn't around then, was he? Eelsy, not quite sure. Not quite sure. That. Mm, might have been. Um, but they can't play. Yeah, they it, can't it, play yeah. in Wellington because there's a huge, there's a huge. Uh, date on the calendar that just can't be moved for a Bledisloe. We know the Kiwis Another keep talking. Yeah, Kiwis keep talking about how patriotic they are about the All Blacks. Well, they're moving this game, the second one of the tests, to Eden Park because there's a beer festival on. <laughs> now, I would think it would be just a well, perfect connection and a perfect relationship and great synergy when you go beer festival all up into the Bledisloe straight after it. it. Is the beer festival at the ground? Is it the cake tin? Can't they just say, everyone, get off the ground for an hour and a half, <laughs> take your cans, <laughs> stubbies, get off, and we're just going to play a game How of How messy would a beer festival be? I know. That's, oh, I think this is yuck. a wise choice. That's probably a wise choice. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah, two tests. Uh, this Saturday, next Saturday, and then, then a couple of weeks later, they play the final test, fingers crossed, in Perth on uh, the 28th of August. Righty-o, we better get to a break. Hey, um, this is the Sports Day for the Kia Sorento Drive Car of the Year. Alan Graham, the uh, the head honcho of Suncorp Stadium, is waiting on the line. He'll join us next, Sats. Hey, Badge, just before we go, um, we mm. talked about the events that you wouldn't want to do at the Olympics. Uh, Sporty Gav says, Hi, Badge and Sats, I wouldn't want to do the gruelling 50k walk. It'd get a little bit boring, the 50k walk, wouldn't it? Tell you what, better than a 50k run. <laughs> true, true. Anyway. That's because I can't run anymore. But good on you, Sporty Gav. And anyone else, let us know what you reckon. What would you hate to do at the Olympics? 0477 736 736. Back soon. This is Sports Day with Badge and Sats. For Kia, the Kia Sorento. Drive car of the year.
Yeah, sure is, Sats. Uh, we've been talking about plenty uh, that's going on in the world of sport, but uh, in the world of rugby league, there's a bunch of uh, places and people that have been keeping the uh, NRL going, and one of those is Suncorp Stadium, the boss there. Alan Graham, the CEO, is uh, kind enough to join us, or the general manager. How are you, Al? Yeah, good, thanks, Birds. Good day, Sats. How are you going? Good, Al. Jeez, you, you've had some tough decisions to make lately, like which of the 175 corporate boxes do you sit in on game day? Because mm. there's no crowds there, mate. How do you go with that sort of yeah. stuff? Well, I'm just trying them all out at the moment. <laughs> uh, I haven't made a final decision. I'll let you know oh, yeah. when I have. That, uh, what's the chairman's suite? It's not, not bad, actually. I've never been invited, but just dropping a hint there, mate. So, um, yeah, hey, okay, um, I'll, uh, you know, I'll store that one away. <laughs> can, you, can you just give, us an, give people an idea of, of how things unfolded and what you had to go through as of last Saturday morning when South East Queensland went into lockdown all of a sudden and the NRL was told no games would be played? What, what happened from there? Uh, well, look, it, it was... Um yeah, it was a pretty torturous day, um, just trying to work through what was going to happen. Obviously, when we woke up that morning, it was for the expectation we were going to be running two games with crowds, and uh, and that changed pretty quickly based on uh, the COVID development. So, uh, um, you know, there was a lot of discussion going on behind the scenes. Uh, we just indicated the NRL that we were just uh, prepared to to be there and uh, roll whichever way it went. Um, they, you know, they worked extremely hard to uh, to try and come up with a solution, which they eventually did uh, later that night on Saturday night. So uh, that allowed us to uh, uh, to be able to prepare to have uh, have the three games there on Sunday. Um, and that also included uh, a lot of our staff who were going to be working on the Sunday to go and get tested Saturday night to make sure that we were uh, we were safe. Of course, yeah. Well, so you hosted, you'd already hosted a couple on the Friday night. Saturday called off. You host the two games on Sunday and two on Monday. How difficult is that for you uh, and your staff to get uh, get everything organised? I know there's no crowds, but there still must be, um, you know, a lot of logistics to sort out. Oh, there was, and I think because um, the uh, the measures um, were were developed um, fairly quickly, everyone had to be adaptable. Um, and you know, and I pay tribute to the NRL firstly on uh, the way they put all that together, but then even the teams, uh, because there was, you know, a lot of compromising and, and a lot of flexibility that people had to exercise. And uh, and I think people saw the bigger picture, which was about, hey, we might have to do things a little bit differently uh, for the good of the game and to be able to make sure the season continues. So, you know, even the teams, you know, had to had to make some adjustments, uh, but, you know, all of it was done in good spirit and, uh, um, you know, we, we saw that roll out on, on Sunday with the teams that came in and the people that were working with them. You know, everyone was prepared just to... Uh, just to work around and uh, and just to come up with you know whatever the solution was that was needed. Um, certainly, our guys, you know, had to uh, had to turn on uh, on a sixpence a number of times and a lot of things that they would normally do. We had a lot of people doing jobs they wouldn't normally do because of the restrictions on how many we could have in the venue. So, you know, a lot of people multitasking and uh, and really rolling up sleeves and and doing all sorts of things that they wouldn't have normally had to have done. Now, Al, you've been quite staunch over the last couple of days on why Queensland needs to host the NRL Grand Final if it can't be hosted in Sydney. Now, we're all thinking that's probably mm. not going to happen. Melbourne has poked its head up at the at the last moment as well, their government. Why do you think it's mm. so important that, that Queensland hosts the Grand Final this year? Oh, I think any, any uh, uh, red-bellied Queenslander 
you know, understands how important rugby league is. And, uh, you know, for us to have this, you know, pretty much once in a lifetime opportunity because, you know, we know the commitment that uh, the NRL has to uh, to New South Wales around playing the grand final down there, you know, for the long term. Uh, but certainly, you know, if this opportunity came up, I think it's, uh, you know, it's almost something that um, the Queensland deserves to have. And, uh, and I'm sure, uh, you know, something that the NRL would like to uh, deliver if they can. How confident do you think, Al, that the crowds will be allowed back to events by first Sunday in October? Oh. <laughs> and if you had asked me that question on Friday, I probably could have given you a, a confident answer. Uh, but, you know, when you look at what's happened between Friday and now, you know, it's very hard to, uh, to, be, um, to, very, to be extremely optimistic. Mm. But I guess I'm, I'm, I am comforted by the fact that we haven't had an explosion of cases and, you know, Queensland Health doing a marvellous job on trying to contain and, uh, and trace. And, uh, and I guess if we do have some good signs coming up over the next week or two, bearing in mind there's still about eight, eight or nine weeks to go before before that actually happens, if we can get some improvements in, uh, in, in the current outbreak to a point where we can be back uh, to um, um, you know, almost normality, um, then I think we're, we're a fair chance. Yeah, I guess it's going to get down to who can, yeah, that's right, safely have crowds. And none of us have got the crystal ball out for that, Albert. So what happens you know, with, with your venue, with the stadium, Suncorp Stadium, um, is, is, how involved is the Queensland government? You know, are there in, regular inspections there? Are there people there on game days just keeping an eye on how it's all run and they're making sure that you're following all the, the right protocols and, and you know, cleaning everything properly, the whole you know, box and dice? Uh, look, it's ever, ever since um, we reopened, um, we, we came up with a very comprehensive uh, COVID safe plan, which, uh, which, which was approved by uh, Queensland Health. And we that's continued to evolve. You know, if we go back to May last year when we first came back, we were playing without uh, without crowds, um, and that and then that evolved over time when we started to get two thousand, ten thousand, um, twenty thousand, twenty five, and then uh, up to uh, uh, up to full house. Um, and so each time that plan had to be uh, uh, developed and, and approved, and we had regular contact with Queensland health officials, and uh, and they would come in regularly. Um, what, what we've done is gone back to that that initial plan um, where we've got no crowds, but there's you know some additional overlay which um, which the NRL have have adopted to ensure that they could get the games back last weekend, and uh, and we've just been very rigid in making sure we stick to those uh, those protocols as is the NRL. So you know I guess we're we're both almost refereeing each other when uh, when it comes to that, mm. um, and so we're uh, you know we're very we're very conscious of how important it is that we tick every box. You know, we can't put forward to put one foot wrong because that puts the whole season in jeopardy. And I know the NRL is the same. So, you know, I think there's a, uh, a hell of a lot of self-enforcement and uh, uh, self-belief that that we need to make sure we continue to adhere to those protocols as clearly and as closely as we can. And we've all got our fingers crossed that it all keeps going to plan, mate, and, and you know, guys are doing a good job. But So last weekend, as we said before, you hosted seven games. You got three this weekend. How's the ground? How's Malcolm, the groundsman, more important? <laughs> how's, how's he coping? And is that surface going to... Is it going to hold up? Um, yeah, look, it, it is. Um, it, it performed extremely well on the weekend. You know, to have seven games, which is almost a magic round, you know, mm. coming on the back of what we'd had previously, it's uh, you know it's a remarkable effort, and 
and I, I rely very much on on Mel's advice. Obviously, he's the expert, and uh, you know he does a tremendous job there. Um, and you know, if he says to me that yes, we're right to go, then I know we're right to go because he will be very quick to tell me if we're not. And um, you know, for <laughs> him bet. to say, yeah, absolutely. So you know, we we obviously you know have have lots of conversations during the year, but. Um, you know, when he comes up and says, "Yeah, look, I think we're in, you know, we're in reasonable shape. We can't do it every week," and and we explain that in the NRL right at the start, so that and they understand that, you know, there's no stadium in the world that could continue to ha- have that number of games uh, on a, on a week by week basis. So, uh, you know, we need to make sure that there is some spread of the games across other venues um, because the the field itself won't stand up, and then then all of, of a sudden it becomes a a safety issue as well. Now, we are hearing throughout the week that uh, for fans to attend games in 2022, they may need to be vaccinated. Now, in a perfect world, if crowds are allowed to attend through the finals and grand final day, and it is hosted at Suncorp Stadium, would Suncorp Stadium and the Queensland government look at going down that angle as well, that fans would have to be vaccinated? Yeah, look, I, I've heard that as well. And, and look, I think we... we probably just need to look at that a little bit further. I mean, how do you know people have been, you know, how, how do you enforce that? Um, you know, I, I think I think there's a general community push, you know, and that's coming from, from the Prime Minister down saying, you know, as a nation, you know, we need to do the right thing and, and go and get uh, go and get vaccinated. I guess it's going to be a question of how far the authorities then decide they're going to to take that is it going to be restrictions on certain things that we can do you know and and if it is you know how are they going to be rolled out and who's going to enforce that so look i think there's a, a lot of water to go under the bridge on uh, on that one um mm. but uh, but you know as we've always done we'll continue to rely on whatever the health authorities uh, uh throw out and uh, and uh, and require and then you know we'll, we'll work with them in conjunction with that i mean we we do have currently our current uh uh, systems which have included masks and uh, our zonal system we operate within the stadium, uh, as well as people using the check-in app, um, you know, have have been rolled out very successfully, uh, and they've worked for us quite well uh, in the times that we've been open with fans. Yeah, I think we're just going to get a, a big V tattooed on our forehead when you get your second shot. That'll do. We'll know who's <laughs> who's been vaccinated and who has AL. We better let you go, mate. We're um, we've got a keep the show rolling along great talking to you because it's uh, really interesting that you've you've managed to play a big role in keeping the competition going four rounds to go after this plus the final so we're sure suncorp stadium is going to have a lot more traffic on it and uh we hope uh, malcolm doesn't get too stressed mate your groundsman good on you Al. yeah let, let's hope let's hope so and uh, always great to talk to you guys stay safe thanks Al. this is sports day for the kia sorrento drive car of the year back soon this is Sports Day with Badge and Sats for Kia, the Kia Sorento, Drive Car of the Year. Now, Hot Topic Time. Yeah, our Hot Topic flows on from our conversation then with uh, the boss of Suncorp Stadium, Alan Graham. It's around the NRL Grand Final and uh, C Melbourne Storm owner Matt Tripp is preparing a bid to buy this year's NRL Grand Final and stage it at the MCG. Now, this has never happened before, Scott Sattler, completely new territory. I know um, John Barillaro, the Deputy Premier of New South Wales, has said, uh, no way we're going to let the Grand Final go without a fight. But um, who knows 
where we're going to be at in the fight against COVID in a couple of months' time. It's a good position for the NRL to be in when you've got the New South Wales government saying, we're not going to let it go. Queensland government saying, we want it also. Mm. So it's a good position for the NRL to be in first and foremost, financially. Could, yes. Could you see this 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 like NFL... Because uh, over there in, in, in the States, franchises form bid committees to buy the rights to host Super Bowl. That gets announced years ahead, doesn't mm, it? And they, it does. you know, it's going to be in Atlanta, it's going to be in New York in five years' time, or whatever. Could you ever say, I mean, I, I know we're locked into a long term deal with, um, in New South Wales, um, but with COVID, everything has changed. I wonder if we're ever going to go that way where the NRL Grand Final will move around each year. I don't like it, Badge. I like that the AFL, they just keep it in their one host city and historically that's where it's always been. Everyone just converges on the one area. So, In, in um, the AFL, is it, a, is it a bone of contention with Perth, with Adelaide? I don't know. No, I don't say, think hey, so. We, why don't we ever get a go? I don't go think so. I think because it's such a spiritual home of, of the AFL, the MCG, that as a player, you want to play at the MCG on grand final day. And I, I suppose... What, what, what's the spiritual home... Well, the NRL's lost that, I suppose, with the SCG, moving from the SCG now. But in the modern game, I mean, players that are growing up now, all they know is the Olympic Stadium from, from what, 1999 was the first year with Melbourne. Uh, Jason the Truckee on 0477-736-736, he says the NRL Grand Final should be played in Perth where you can have crowds. So um, well, at the moment, Jason. But yeah. imagine if we lock that in, and then there's a there's an outbreak in Perth a couple of weeks out, like in mid September, and we're panicking again. So, and what I happens think... if the Western Reds don't make the grand final? <laughs> <laughs> you know, Mark Guy leading them out. Yeah, with the yeah. Super Bowl, it's it's funny with the Super Bowl. It, <laughs> it really, yes, invariably comes down to money, but it's not always about money. They've got some pretty strict conditions that they work by. It used to be gauged by weather. What was going to have where it's not okay. going to be affected by a lot of snow, um, but now the some of the conditions are you must have a minimum of a seventy thousand seat stadium. Um, you've got to have, from memory, I think it's around thirty five thousand parking spaces within a uh, a mile of the of the stadium. Um, oh, the stadiums for parking that, for just for people for, for fans or yeah. for those or for those car park parties yeah. they have whatever they call the tailgate parties tailgate stadiums yeah. that have an average of ten degrees Celsius on game day they must have a roof. Um, the host city they're saying economists have always said badge the host city of a Super Bowl could earn an estimate of around three million to one hundred and thirty uh, sorry three million to thirteen million dollars when they host a Super Bowl, but San Francisco in 2016, they lost nearly $5 million hosting the Super Bowl. Mm. So all the other money's got to come from private equity right. because you're not assured of, of making a profit. So, uh, so it, it is, it is uh, potentially a money-making exercise, and that's why they bid for it. In and, a, and, but I, I imagine also they get the support of their local government, would they, their counties or the cities? No, it's all private. Over all there. private equity. Really? It's all private. Yeah, and then all the other money, basically, the game itself doesn't see it or the host city doesn't see it in relation to, say, Tampa Bay hosted it, the last one. The actual Tampa Bay Buccaneers who ended up winning it, they don't see a lot of the the economy that comes in. It's your, it's your restaurants and your hotels and motels. and. Well, you know, but that's that's what they're doing it for, really. Yeah, exactly. They their area to, to grow and be propped up I don't up know, Badge. I, I like the idea of it always converging on Homebush. Mm. There's something, and I don't know whether that's emotional to me because I've 
had I was fortunate enough to be there on grand final as a player. But as a player, I just think yeah. about grand final. I think everything converging on Homebush, and um, and that's where the spiritual home of of grand finals for rugby league yeah, is. Yeah, and and once it's packed, it it look it is it is a much better stadium than we see it so often during the year when there's not many. Many people there. I played grand finals at the SCG uh, at Lang Park, Brisbane grand finals at the SCG, and then at Sydney Football Stadium, which was. Well, what did uh, the SCG mean to was, you, Badge? I know that you uh, growing up and you were more of a, a Brisbane rugby league well, man because it was such a strong competition. But did the SCG still mean a lot to you? Yeah, when it you did. Went to I, was Canberra? Exci- I was excited by it. I was so it was so cool to be able to play games there and then finals and then the grand final but I haven't got great memories because we lost that last ever grand final there in 87 to uh, to Manly and it's not made for rugby league let's face it uh, cricket grounds are not made for our game the shape of them so when we moved to the Sydney football stadium it was much better and tighter and you know 42,000 people it was a, a fantastic atmosphere even was, if they got yeah. that stadium completely stuffed up and it was a pretty crappy you know, within a short period of time, it should be outstanding when they when they rebuild. And I wonder if they'll take the grand final there. But um, yeah, look, the the NRL uh, the, the grand final has always been staged by the governing body in partnership with the venue. Mm. So it's very unlikely to change. But this year is the one chance for other cities to host it. And I think there's a fair bit of water to go under the bridge before the NRL makes a decision. And they might, just like Origin, they might make a very late decision on where to play that. Well, I, I just, I always look at it. Badger just dropped out there. He's uh, he's in another studio um, because of COVID. But uh, I, I've just always thought that uh, grand final, I like it at Homebush. I loved it when it was the SCG. And again, that was a little bit more emotional for me because, because I've, watched many a VHS videotape of, of my dad's grand finals and, and how many yeah, times you have to watch it and being brought up in, yeah and being <laughs> being brought up being brought up in in a rugby league family for me the SCG was just was just always the the it's ground special, that rugby special, league yeah. yeah that's where the special games are always played the test matches and um, so I, I, I think games and yeah, yeah, yeah. I just I, I just see the same with rugby league now in the modern era with a with a beautiful big stadium uh, like Homebush, which holds just over eighty thousand people. I, I feel as though that, that that's what I when I think grand finals now I think I think Homebush. Well, it, it's very likely that there could be a change this year, but once again, it still could happen if Sydney gets its COVID dramas under control. By mid-September, they might lock it in uh, once again for Homebush. But otherwise, it's uh, it seems to be up for grabs, and, and Brisbane and Melbourne will be uh, I mean, I've, will be fighting it out. Badge, I've been to uh, State of Origin, the MCG, and even at Optus Stadium, the brand new Perth one. And I've got to say, it was very unenjoyable watching a game of rugby league there. Yeah, I've been there too. Mm. Yeah, absolutely, not not great. Righto, this is Sports Day for the Kia Sorento Drive Car of the Year. Better get to a break. We'll come back with uh, our news headlines, and and that's ridiculous. This is Sports Day with Badge and Sats for Kia, the Kia Sorento, Drive Car of the Year. Sports Day news headlines for Polaris, Australia's number one off-road vehicle brand. Yeah, it's our daily COVID update and 233 new cases in New South Wales and two deaths, including a man in his 20s and 16 new cases in Queensland. So that's 63 in southeast Queensland now and 100 active cases 
across the state. And as we said last night, there's uh, one in Cairns, far north Queensland yeah, as well. Yeah, it's a worry. Yeah, get it's range worry. of confidence for the price of a quad. Visit your local Polaris dealer today. Now, Badge, the MEGT Rookie of the Round. We've got uh, young Xavier Willison, who's a Brisbane Broncos 18-year-old. Played his debut on the weekend. Didn't get much time. Toby no, Sexton, no. he was... Uh, Quite good for he the He was Titans. good again, yeah. Good win. Uh, Tyson Gamble at the Broncos, so I thought was... Uh, wasn't too bad. I thought it was and one Sam, of his best Sam games, Walker actually. Again. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Staked a claim for it to, to, to uh, stay on in the halves yep. next year when Adam Reynolds um, arrives. Who you got out of that? Who's I'm going to take Sam for? Walker. Called the game on the Thursday night. And a team that's heavily depleted by injuries, he, he really stood up again. So he scored a try, set up another one. So Sammy Walker for the Roosters. Mm, he's uh, looking like he could win it for the year. The MEGT yeah. rookie. Of the round, let's do this. Come on, that's ridiculous. <laughs> that's ridiculous. There's got to be an investigation into this. This has got to be someone's got to be accountable for this. Go on your tubes. What do you got, Sats? I've got a couple now. The Apollo Eleven, which is of course the um, the, the spacecraft that landed on the moon with Neil Armstrong and Buzz Aldrin and co. And the other guy, you know, so the other guy. <laughs> yeah, um, whoever he was. They. Used hundreds of autographs as life insurance. Now, I don't know. What when they went to the moon, today. when they went to the moon, they weren't allowed to take out life insurance. Come on, that's ridiculous. So what they did is they signed hundreds and hundreds of autographs for their family that if they didn't come back, they could sell them as as payment. Oh, gotcha now. Yeah. Brilliant. Okay, okay. I read that today. I went. What is he talking about? Hey, I've got one for you. Um, the, the Aussie team mascots went missing in the Olympic Village. What? Tubes. Yes. Some think the uh, fireworks might have spooked them. It's a kangaroo and an emu. They're not real. Come on, but that's ridiculous. Apparently, they had a sleepover in the German camp, and they may have hung out with the, uh, the moose from Canada. Come they, on, that's ridiculous. This is what happens. Uh, they all go walkabouts, but usually they find their way back to their, uh, their correct team. <laughs> Uh, no, they didn't punch any holes in walls or anything. Yeah, exactly. Like some of their counterparts. Hey, just another quick one uh, before we um, before we go. Uh, I was just watching uh, the track cycling in the Kieran, which is a quite yep. a difficult one to understand. I just learned that it began in 1948 as one of the only four allowed betting sports in Japan. That's uh-huh. the Kieran. It's so difficult to watch. And it turns over one trillion yen a year. Come on, that's ridiculous. What? On a cycling race. Right. And how much is a trillion yen in dollars? Well, it's, what's that? It's about five billion US. Is it? Year. So what's what? that? American Australian? Oh, I don't know. Okay. Are we a chance of winning it? Are we? Yeah, we are actually. We we'll are. Find out. Hey, yeah. plenty to come. Uh, Sports Day, uh, Olympics continues. Badge and Sats for the Kia Sorento Drive Car of the Year. Hang around. Want to witness the world's biggest football game? Head to iCanWin.com.au, predict Australia's score with a crystal ball, and it could be you and a friend at the FIFA World Cup Qatar 2022 semifinals, all thanks to McDonald's. Maccas, together and loving it. TNCs apply.